Wednesday night on the Fan Pregame 90-Minute Show. Tonight, we don't take time off here. We grind through it on Sportsnet, Sportsnet 590. The Fan, we're going to bookend our show with some basketball chats. Ernie Johnson in a few minutes, legend. And Smith & Jones at 7 o'clock from Scotiabank Arena ahead of Suns and Raptors. In the middle, the meat of the show. Mike Kelly will join us to go through what we're calling our Canadian Stock Watch. Uh, which team you're buying, which team you're selling, which team you're holding stock in at the quarter mark of the season. And we're going to tee up Wednesday Night Hockey, of course, tonight on the network. Aaron Rodgers is practicing. McDavid has 12 points in three games. The Leafs kind of won. They kind of lost last night. But we were all winners watching the NBA in-season tournament because Justin wants to profess his love to the NBA creators. Yeah, I'm like so all in on this thing. It is (laughs) awesome. Uh, And I think most specifically what I like the most of it is that the NBA, if for only one night, engineered one of the coolest things in sports, which is when you have two events happening simultaneously and they have a direct impact on one another. That's usually reserved for like an international tournament, maybe the final match day in Mm -hmm. domestic soccer leagues. Remember like last year's World Cup where the one group, Spain, Germany, Costa Rica, Japan, it all went nuts in the last seconds. uh, And we had a result that... You could never script. And I don't say, I don't think we got to that point yesterday, but you and I are doing the Leaf game. We're watching on another television, <laughs> Nets and Raptors. And then I'm reading about what the Celtics are doing. You have like a live tracker up on your screen of like this many points need to this. This person needs to get this. And it was exactly. Uh, the Celtics needed 23 points and they're out there doing like early 2000s <laughs> style. Crazy. Uh, tactics to make sure that they earn as many possessions and put the Bulls in as many disadvantageous positions as possible. Just coming off the heels of DeMar DeRozan complaining Mm. about Pascal Siakam shooting a three in the (laughs) in-season tournament. Like, all these things were happening, and the Celtics get through, I I don't know, against all odds, I'm not really sure, but the Raptors had a hand in it, and all these things are happening, and you can't really find this in sports unless you create it and the nba did the nba for only one night created unbelievable intrigue and now it's set up the rest of the tournament which i'm really excited for like this is an awesome experiment that i think has exceeded everyone's expectations yeah we dunked all over this tournament get it when it was first um i guess presented to us because it was different because it made no sense at first there's too many things to read it wasn't like you know, uh, it was like reading a car manual. You didn't understand. Weird There's courts, things like, what flashing, are we doing? colors, this. Like, the, the court's a different color, and if this team wins, but whatever. When you dumb it down to it, it made enjoyable basketball in the middle of November and now into December moving forward that I guess could be a really lulled moment, right? And we see this when we talk about the Maple Leafs all the time. Well, the regular season doesn't matter. Well, those games last night mattered. They're going to matter moving forward. We have the schedule. There's going to be lots of great basketball to come. But you're right. Last night, I think I really understood the impact of the end-season tournament when everything was happening all at once. And I wanted to know, I'm like, okay, the, the Leafs are on a, a timeout. W- what's the score? How many points does this team need? It was really fun Is to Andre watch. Is back to the line <laughs> yeah, for the Chicago yeah. Bulls? Yeah. And we have great matchups. Like, mm-hmm. there is probably a world, maybe the most likely world or scenario in terms of the in-season tournament championship game, Lakers-Celtics, the best rivalry in the NBA and NBA history. If we get to that point, you don't think those players, LeBron James, going to be juiced up for that? Like, this is set up where... Eight teams remain, good mix of great teams, upstart teams, superstars, and some teams that are kind of built on 
not hype, but potential in like the Indiana Pacers where they got something new going on here. Like it's just going to be such a good showcase. And again, like they can't have that thing every game or every night where it's, hey, all these things are bouncing off each other and these different results Mm -hmm. affect this. and, And where does it leave us? That's a one night thing. But now we're set up for the next phase of this, which I think is just going to be equally as good. So the tournament will continue. We'll have it on Sportsnet, of course. Tuesday, December 5th will be quarterfinals. Uh, Phoenix and the Lakers inside the NBA with Ernie will be on following the game, our next guest. Uh, Thursday, December 7th, we got semifinals one, semifinals two. Saturday, December 9th will be the championship game. All of this will be on Sportsnet 1. Uh, it's going to be a blast. Too bad the Raptors <laughs> will not be involved in any of these games moving forward. Uh, they will be playing tonight. We'll tee that up, of course. The Suns are in town. We got that on Sportsnet 590, the fan. Um, on In about an hour, we'll speak with Smith and Jones about it. But they were kind of a player in it last night, a little bit in terms of what, what they could do to the Brooklyn Nets. But it, it would have been awesome to see them find a way through. But some teams, just they just got ahead early, and the Raptors couldn't catch up. And there were stakes for the Raptors, too. If we're talking about the in-season tournament, I mean, I, I guess the Raptors, and Raptors fans love to believe the Celtics are maybe their primary rival. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Celtics feel the same way, but, like, that's, uh, you could just move on from that. And if you're really into it, hey, we've got a chance to knock the Celtics out if we win this game as the Raptors. Big deal. And as this moves forward, I don't know if they're going to expand it. I don't know if they're going to make it more lucrative. I'm not really sure. But when you have that opportunity, like that might be incentive alone to put your best foot out there to try and win that game. And I don't know if it mattered as much to the Raptors clearly as it did to a Celtics team that knew how much they had to win by and took some weird measures in order to get there. But I, I do feel that everyone has more of an understanding and this can only get better because of that. We're going to talk about this and maybe we can start the discussion now before we get Ernie on about, okay, so the NBA made something and not a lot of teams do or not a lot of leagues do new things ever will the nhl will the mlb will somebody want to replicate this moving forward we'll discuss this we'll think if if there's a league that can replicate the greatness that we found with the in-season tournament but let's bring in ernie johnson a host of inside the nba of course ernie we appreciate you coming on how's it going if I were doing any better today, I would be jealous of myself. Hope you all are too. <laughs> well, we are. We're just uh, we're enjoying what we. I guess we're surprised how much we've loved the in-season tournament so far. Uh, last night was a fun one, watching all these games come down to the wire. Teams needing to win by specific numbers. Teams fouling like crazy. Uh, I guess that this has surprised us. But did you have these expectations that the in-season tournament would get off to such uh, a roaring success? Uh, no, I, I had. I had no idea why the league was going to do this when it was when it was announced that this was going to happen. I was like, why? And 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 I was in, you know, before the season started, I was like, somebody tell me why I should be excited about this. And I'm just I'm just being totally honest about it because I really didn't know what to expect. And I have just enjoyed I've enjoyed it immensely. I really have. I mean, it didn't take me long to be to be sold on it. Um, it, It's just. It's just such a different vibe for November games. And, and like last night, being in the studio last night for those eight games, two of those were on TNT. Um, just having to do quick math in your head when you're doing a cut <laughs> in and saying, okay, here's what the Knicks are doing. And, hey, you know what? Now their point differential is 40, and that's the same as the Bucks. And, hey, back to you, Kevin Harlan. And so it was like it was really, it was really fun. And I just – I've never had a feeling like that um, and, you know, like – a night that had juice like that in November, um, 
since I can remember. So I think it's I think it's been a really good thing. I think it I think it can be tweaked, but I but um, but I I'm liking what I've seen so far. Okay, so what's the tweak then? Because clearly, I, I mean, they could they could take up more space if they really wanted to, but it solves a problem, right? Like a lot of NBA fans kind of first check in post uh, football season around Christmas time. That's kind of the great yeah. unveiling to a lot of fans uh, that specific holiday, and it really ramps up for the rest of the season. But if you can kind of soak up interest in November, you've really, really found something if you're the NBA. So in terms of tweaks, should they go bigger or should they be worried about, you know, making sure what they've got right now uh, is running as efficiently as possible? Uh, I, I would tweak the point differential thing. I would, you know, I would tweak the tiebreaker system. You know, we had a good discussion on it last night. Candace Parker actually had a great point because she was, she has played in these uh, overseas mm-hmm. uh, where they have in-season tournaments. Um, I just don't know if point differential is the best tiebreaker, and that, and because it, I think, is just it, in, it is encouraging teams to rub other teams' nose in it. Um, and so I don't really love that. And, and, um, and I think, and here's what Candace was saying, how about your regular season record being the tiebreaker? You know, where are you? You know, if, uh, if, if you're second in the, in the East right now and you're not going to make it because you, because of point differential, I don't know. So I so maybe you don't so maybe you don't do point differential maybe if it comes down to that to determine who's moving on then it's a uh, okay where are you in the standings all right you're second okay you're in you know so maybe that's something and I think the league is open to any ideas that are going to come its way because even when they announced this it was like hey we're trying this and this you know it's not you know it's not perfect but here's what we're going to do and and let's see what happens and so I think they're they are open to hearing suggestions on how it can be improved. But the fact that it's here, I'm, I'm all in. I got to be honest. I, I kind of love the point differential thing because it did set up these <laughs> weird chaos. stakes where you had where you had specific numbers you had to hit. And that kind of played into the strategy. I know feelings might be hurt, but I hope the league can get to a point and the teams can get to the point and the coaches and players get to the point where, hey, it's not insult to injury. It's just, hey, this is the reality of the tournament because if you look at if you do buy standings well we saw this huge list of teams that were still involved yesterday and i think you cut that list in half if the only tie-breaking format is their record because frankly you just wouldn't be able to overcome teams that have the superior record so yeah I, i do think it needs to be tweaked just a bit but i do think people have to swallow their pride a little bit and just realize if they're going to do this i hear it's going to be really tough to eliminate point differential I hear you, and I and I think that, um, yeah, I mean, see, I can see it both ways because part of me really enjoyed kind of saying, okay, they got to win by twelve, or they've got, you know, these these, you know, the Warriors got to win by twelve, or the Kings got to lose by eleven or or less, and that kind of so it did add that extra element in there, um, and I just I just want to make sure that you're seeing. Uh, you know, the teams in there that maybe you want to see in there, but you know, because look, Philadelphia went two and two, they got no argument. Okay. If, if they were a three and one team and didn't get in, like, like it was tough for Minnesota. It was tough for Orlando and those teams that are three and one did not get in there. So, uh, because Orlando's had a good, a good start to the season. Uh, 
you know, they were, you know, number two or number three in, in the East going into, you know, and they, as they sat and watched last night. So um, I think that um, I think you possibly tweak that. I also think if, if more, if group games can be played uh, at the same time, you know, so that you don't have advantages like like Toronto. It took Toronto forever to play a game, okay? Yeah, we feel uh, robbed. It felt like well, they never well, even well, participated in the tournament. Well, well, yeah, well, other teams, yeah, like some teams had two down already. So, mm-hmm. so okay, play all the Group A games on the same nights, on the same Tuesdays and Fridays, you know, so that you're basically, you're looking at each other eye to eye and, and rather than taking the floor and saying, oh, geez, we got to win by 40 tonight, you know? So I think I think that would be, Another thing maybe you could tweak is just the scheduling of it. But, uh, but again, I like it and, and um, forced me to do math on the fly last night, which is always <laughs> good when you're, when you're 67 years old and trying to stay sharp. Keep you sharp, yeah. I'm glad they don't ask us to do math on the fly on the show because we would no. not be on the show. Um, so dream final for the, uh, for the story could be the Celtics versus the Lakers, uh, but there's a lot of kind of unsung heroes maybe that made their way into the final bracket. Is that how you see this one shaping out if you're looking for, like, best content available? Uh, You know, when I think about best content available, I don't know. You know, look, you could – if the jerseys say Lakers and Celtics, sure, that's one thing, but it's, you know – that rivalry was built on some on some other guys, but it, that'd be okay. But I, what I want is who's playing great, you know. And I want and I and I, because I personally feel like Phoenix is going to go to LA and beat the Lakers. Okay, uh, and, but I do feel Boston is probably you know that. I think I think you know going to Vegas. I think a Boston Milwaukee game in Vegas would be nice mm-hmm. to see in the semifinals. Um, and you know, you'd like to see. Obviously, the fans would probably like to see LeBron in there. But I don't know what the Lakers are going to do from one night to the next. So, um, I don't know. I don't. I don't really have a dream matchup. And I think if I came out and said, "Boy, the dream matchup for the first ever in-season tournament would be," people would <laughs> say, "Boy, okay, that's enough. You're going over yeah, yeah. the top." So, so let's just see. Let's just see how they play out Monday and Tuesday, and then, uh, uh, you know. I would I would anticipate we see Boston and Milwaukee both going to Vegas, um, and uh, and I'm taking Phoenix to go there, and probably let's go Sacramento to go there. Although although that uh, that's a pretty good matchup with Zion and, and New Orleans. Both Sacramento and New Orleans kind of struck me as like we were trying to figure out what makes an in season tournament winner uh, before we actually got through groups group play because. Yeah, there's a financial incentive, and there are some teams with young guys who are very talented, who aren't making a ton of money yet, although pretty much every, everybody in the NBA is making a, a decent amount of money. So uh, maybe right. that goes by the wayside. But, like, did it matter to Milwaukee? Did it matter to Boston? I think those questions have been answered, which is a pretty cool thing. You mentioned the Suns there. They're playing the Raptors today. We still haven't seen the big three on the floor together. Do yeah. we have any? Do we have any insight into what it might look like? Can we glean enough information to be like, yeah, the Suns, this could work because we just haven't seen those guys on the floor yeah. together yet. If you've got a, if you've got a crystal ball handy <laughs> and, and you and you're able to to wave your hand over that and see what it's going to look like, uh, that would be great. But it has been interesting, and it's been interesting to see that that they're uh, what five games over five hundred. They're eleven and six right now, and and um, you know. 
KD and Booker together is is already a, a really good tandem. And then I I just don't know what it's going to look like with Beal. So it, it may be, excuse me, by the way, I'm on my phone and I, and I just unwittingly kind of let it go. So okay. I, if I disappeared, I, I apologize for that. But, um, you know, there's going to be an adjustment period when they when they do get Bradley Beal in there playing and the three of them are together. So, um, so we'll see, but that's, uh, that's one of those things that happens when you're a month into the season where you say, man, I really can't wait to see the way this team, what's it going to mean? It's like when, Oh, I want to see Dame and, and Giannis. And we've been able to see that. Um, but now you say, Hey, this could be a really dangerous Phoenix team. How much longer are we going to have to wait to see if it's, uh, it's actually going to happen? Yeah, that dangerous Phoenix team is seven wins in a row and they come into Toronto tonight to play our Toronto Raptors. I wonder your outside perspective on this team because we kind of get bogged down a little bit talking about them being in the mushy middle, a team that could go one direction one day and one direction the other. How do you view this Raptors team from the outside? Uh, the mushy middle, is it? Uh, that's an interesting description. Uh, <laughs> but Okay, I mean, so look, in the East... Boston, Milwaukee, and Philly are those, you know, if you're playing them, it's uh-oh. You know, that's that's a tough night. Um, if Washington, uh, Detroit, and Chicago are coming to town, it's like, exhale. And then there's everybody else. Uh, and so Toronto is in that group. It's like, look, look, when the Raptors come to town or you got them on the schedule, it's like, no, we can beat those guys. I think I think that's the feeling of most teams. Hey, yeah, we can beat that team. Uh, and they may beat you, but but I think the feeling is, um, oh, we can beat them. Mm. There's just they don't strike fear into your heart. Uh, they've got some really nice pieces, but I think it, it's a team that's made of really nice complementary pieces, uh, and not that that you know that guy. Who you say, uh oh, Embiid's coming to town. Uh oh, Tatum and Brown are coming to town. Uh oh, here comes Giannis, and and that's missing. Um, so I think that's that's why you why you find yourself in that. What did you call it? The mushy middle. The mushy middle. The I don't know if that's gonna I don't know if that's gonna carry over. I don't know if I'm gonna take that to TNT next week, <laughs> but I but I know what you're ta- I know what you're talking about. But there there are there are those teams. I mean, it's. There's no telling. I think. I think. Um, you know, and I when I split it into the, you know that top and the bottom, that middle can also be kind of split up because I don't think Toronto is as good as a Miami or a Cleveland, um, but I think they're up there with um, you know with the with the, that other bunch. It's going to be you're right now. You're on the outside looking in at the play-in. You know, so I mean, you're it, it's. You know, you're just going to have to uh, let's see how it all plays out. But I, yeah, it's it's um, mushy middle. <laughs> mushy. There you go. <laughs> the the you more you say it, it you the like more it. it makes sense. The <laughs> mushy middle. I can't believe I've said that five times. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe we're going to be listening for it uh, on on TNT. Uh, <laughs> last one for you, Ernie. Uh, where are you at on the the Warriors? Uh, you know, in boxing guys can hang around too long and it starts to get a little sad. Uh, I don't know if you're there with the Warriors, but I don't, I, I don't, I'm starting to get that feeling about the Golden State Warriors, a team that like really changed the game, defined an era, were all that back then. But now as it stayed the same, it's kind of sad for me. Where are you at on the Warriors? Well, 
I, I still think they have something to offer, um, especially. I mean, especially with Steph. I mean, I don't. I don't think Steph has shown no many signs of slowing down. Steph is still Steph. Um, Clay Thompson. It's been a struggle. Uh, Andrew Wiggins. It's been a struggle. Um, I, you know, Chris Paul not adding a whole lot. Draymond Green still being Draymond, which can be good and bad. Uh, no, I mean, that, that's one of those teams that, um, yeah, it's, it's one of those teams to me that you don't really want to play and you know how dangerous they can be, but it's like they're trying to hit that switch and it's like, hey, there's, it ain't happening. I mean, they saw it last night. They were up 24 against Sacramento and and let that lead get away, trying to win that to win that uh, group. Um, no, I, I, they, I certainly don't put them in the upper echelon or, or, or think about, hey, who's going to win the West? That Golden State doesn't come to my mind. Um, so, yeah, maybe they're. Their best days are behind them. Are behind them, but it's uh, yeah. It's, sometimes it's tough to watch because you know what guys are capable of, and you're just not seeing it. They still got that championship pedigree, heart of a champion, but maybe they're getting closer to the mushy middle. I had to say it one more time. <laughs> I'm not going to say it again. Okay, fine. You're, you're, you're not going to goad me you into might, saying that. Okay. You might or but, uh... yeah, yeah. But you know, you know, when you look out there, look at look at Denver. Somehow is is 12 and six. They got the second best record in the West um, with all the injuries that they've had. Um, so. Don't count Denver out because you've seen you're seeing you know six losses at this point and, and a little bit of a struggle lately. But um, it's still them. Phoenix, if they get those three guys, I mean, I the West is really interesting, and and um, but but I don't see Golden State as a big factor there. Well, we uh, we're up against the clock, Ernie, but we really enjoy enjoy having you on. We appreciate your time. Uh, looking forward to seeing more of this in season tournament action. Uh, we're we're a big fan of it. We're a big fan of you. So appreciate your time. It'll be Monday and Tuesday on TNT, and then we'll have the semifinals Thursday from Las Vegas on TNT. <laughs> hey, how about that? You killed it. You've done it a few times. Our marketing, eh? people, are, <laughs> our marketing people are so excited about that. <laughs> hey, it's been great talking to you again, and. Uh, Tell, uh, tell Danielle hey for me, all right? We will, for sure. Appreciate your time. Thanks right. so much. Thank you all. Be good. Ernie Johnson of uh, Inside the NBA, of course, on TNT. We're going to have lots more in-season tournament action coming up, and he promoted it for you. So there you go. You can also see it on Sportsnet. <laughs> Yeah, he could have dropped that in for us, but uh, we can we can handle that part of it. That was good. Um, we should take a quick look at tonight's action um, before we take a break. It's time now for Between the Lines, brought to you by Bet Rivers. Take a chance. I am going to tonight's Toronto Raptors game um, in a kind of revenge angle. Scotty Barnes was being floated around for a Kevin Durant trade. Remember that? It was a sensitive time. Everybody, yeah, a couple summers ago. But now I think he's just going to want to go off tonight and prove that he is the future of this Toronto Raptors franchise. So I have him in over points. But also Devin Booker, you brought this to my attention. Devin Booker and the Raptor, they hate each other. Or maybe mm-hmm. just Devin Booker hates the Raptor. So I'm going to have him go over as well because I think he's going to want to show up the Raptor who was doing the like thing behind him, behind the net. So 
Yeah, two elite athletes going head-to-head, Devin oh, Booker and the Raptor. Uh, <laughs> I, I think we'll see the best out of both of them, and that means maybe over 29 and a half uh, for mm-hmm. Devin Booker. Parlay that up. Uh, I'm going to one half of Wednesday Night Hockey on Sportsnet. Uh, Washington Capitals are in Los Angeles to take on the Kings. I think Washington kind of fools gold having that little run uh, in November. I don't think they're a very good team. I think the LA Kings are a very good team. Plus money on the puck line, minus one and a half. I think the Kings got it going. I think they got to keep winning to keep pace with Vegas and Vancouver and Edmonds come, Edmonton's coming a little bit. I just think the Kings are a better team. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll lean on them at plus money, 120. Okay, that was Between the Lines, brought to you by Bet Rivers. we got another hour. Uh, we'll be back on Sportsnet 360 and Sportsnet 590. The fan, we got... The Suns here in town to play the Raptors. We'll have that on Sportsnet 590, the fan around 730. Um, Wednesday night hockey, of course, we got Montreal and Columbus. We're going to go through our Canadian team stock watch on the other side of the break, and then we'll bring in Mike Kelly as well. Stay tuned for more on the fan pregame. Everything Raptors before and after the games. The Raptor Show with Will Liu. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're back on the fan pregame Sportsnet 360, Sportsnet 590, the fan. Uh, we are just chatting with Ernie Johnson, absolute gem, about how much we love the in-season tournament. That is its inaugural season with the NBA. There's some things they need to figure out, but so far it's been fun. It's been great chaos. Last night was the prime example of all the things happening at once that can make it a really great viewing experience. So you brought up this great idea, Justin, about, okay, so can the NHL do something like this? Would it work? Would it stick? Is there the right framework that the NBA's laid out that we could kind of just like copy and paste. Uh, I think there's potential. Uh, I do. I do think there's great potential. However, there is this thing in hockey where the only thing that it's like cool to try for is the Stanley Cup. You know what I mean? Like it's, there's kind of a reluctance to be in on anything that doesn't actually work towards Mm. winning the Stanley Cup. When you watch the all-star game. That I guess is the prime example. And I guess there's not really much else to pull from, but it's really, it's sometimes it's like pulling teeth, mm. but money fixes everything. This could be a big financial block, by the way. Yes. We and are going to talk is, a lot about money. <laughs> there is big money on the table to win this tournament. And if it does like, if you can kind of, it masquerades, I guess, as in season, but also as regular season, but there's money on the line. Like it all works just like, is the NHL going to spend to make? I'm not really sure. But the NHL is more equipped to do this Mm. than the NBA is. They have 32 teams. They have perfect symmetry. They could have eight groups of four, four groups of eight. They could have something that works in a way that would be superior to to the NBA. And I just feel like, yeah, just copy it. Because clearly, this is working. This This is something that can turn into a real foundational piece for the NBA and I do think the NHL would be silly to not just rip it off and do it for themselves. Well, it's already been a success. I mean, obviously, there's a lot more games to be played. There's a final to be had. It's going to be in the sphere at Vegas. Like, I think the most exciting... Is it in the sphere? Is it? I'm not sure if it's in the sphere, but if it's in the sphere... I'm pretty sure it's in Vegas. Where else would it be? Well, there's... Put it know, in the sphere. basketball arenas. There's no, venues. It's why the wouldn't it be in the sphere? capital of the world. Double I don't know if it's in the sphere. Because they I've heard should the be NHL, putting it in the sphere. I heard the NHL draft might be the first event in the sphere. Well, so I don't think this is in the sphere. Whatever. The sphere will be in the background. And I love the sphere. So I need to just make sure the sphere is involved That's somehow. Fair. Nonetheless, I just think that 
there's still so much goodness to come from this in-season tournament that we might be seeing this conversation start in about like a month or two when the NHL sees how successful it is. The NHL is dealing with trying to get other things involved, like a uh, competitive World Cup or, yeah. you know, like, I mean, I don't know how much. Also gonna... might be the excuse to like That's a team park that. Arena. That's so boring. I mean, it's fine. It's in Vegas. No, it's it's going to be great. It's just, uh, it's, you know what? This is how the NHL can do it better. They can do it at the sphere. There you go. Just do it in the sphere. I don't, know if, you get, I don't know if you get ice in the sphere. But it, uh, I just like, <laughs> you don't have to be too proud to not do this. Yeah. Because clearly there's something here. It's pretty fun. And the NHL needs to inject some fun into an 82-game schedule. And again, if there's money on the line, people will care. You can go single elimination 32 to 16 to 8 to awesome. 4 to 2. You could just do that if you really needed to. I think something in the season is clearly this is proof of concept. The NHL would be silly not to do it. Like a bunch of game sevens all at once. Nothing better than that. There you go. Okay, so we've uh, created the – what the NHL should do better is have a better name. That's all. Yeah. And do it in the sphere. And we're sold. Speaking of selling, we have decided to do a little bit of a quarter mark evaluation of the Canadian NHL teams. Instead of just giving them grades, A, B, whatever, we're talking stocks, we're talking finances, everyone's checking their wallets for the Christmas season. Well, are you buying, selling, Mm -hmm. or holding on these seven Canadian teams? Um, Yeah, it's fun. Let's do it. Want to start on the West Coast? Okay, we can start on the West Coast. So we're starting with the Vancouver Canucks. We're going to go... Vancouver Canucks might be the easiest one for me. I think that is the westernmost. The westernmost and the <laughs> easiest team. and the easiest one Okay, uh, for so me. if it's so easy, uh, you lead the dance here. I will be buying more stock in the Vancouver Canucks. They are 15-7-1. They have the most regulation wins in the NHL. They have the best plus minus in the NHL. They added cap space yesterday when they traded Beauvillier to the Blackhawks, which means that they want to add, and they have cap space for that. Rick Tockett has clearly found something with this team. He continues to push the right buttons. They look like a completely different team this time around. Um, the Canucks also had 15 games in November, which was tied for the second most in the NHL, which means they had a tough stretch, which means that they can relax a little bit, get healthy, rejuvenated. They had three back-to-backs in the month of November with no breaks longer than three days. They just had the gauntlet. They just ran it. They're tired, which means that they can rest up and they can be ready to continue the rest of the season at the pace that they just survived. Brock Bastard's leading the league in goals. Quinn Hughes is second in the league in assists. JT Miller is second in the league in points. And Demko is absolutely nails. So I am buying Vancouver Canucks stock. So you're buying at the highest price. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, I'm holding in real life okay. because I'm pretty financially invested, uh, admittedly, in the success of the Vancouver Canucks. <laughs> but I am going to sell um, because in my heart of hearts, I don't believe they're right there with Vegas. I don't think they're better than L.A. Are they going to be able to ha- handle the Oilers in a playoff series if they get there? There are only Canadian hope on a cup. I'm not really sure. <laughs> they got the highest PDO in the league. Uh, this might be a profit-taking opportunity early here. Just get out because maybe this is the Vancouver Ooh. Canucks at their highest price, at least for this season. Okay. Well, I'm just believing Okay. in the West Coast sweethearts. Um, let's go a little bit east. Is that... Calgary or Edmonton? When you look at me on the spot, I believe if we're going, if we're coming east, it's Oilers. First. Let's go Oilers. Okay, I'm also buying. I'm a, I'm not frugal. I'm a frivolous spender in this segment. I will be buying stock in the Edmonton Oilers. They're eight, twelve, and one. We know that they've had a brutal start, but they're on a three-game winning streak. They have a new coach 
the new coach bounce is working. McDavid and Dreisaitl went from being like 100-plus in the NHL scoring race to now being tied for ninth. Uh, Ten days ago, McDavid was like, uh, like, looked like it, a lost soul. He's got 12 points in three games. They had a big win last night over Vegas. Um, they've learned adversity. I'm buying into them as a newfound source of hope for our country. Uh, I think last Friday I said they have no chance of bringing this back, and now everyone believes they're going to bring That's it back. Right. Uh, I was one of the Sportsnet personalities who was all in on the Oilers to start the season, so I'm, I have no choice but to hold here. I'm not going to buy more, but I might be leaning sell just because wow, can you, you win? Suck. Can you win without a goaltender? They can get one at the trade deadline. I just don't know if they have the capacity to do that. And I just feel like at the end of the day, you have to have decent goaltending to meet your potential. Mm -hmm. If you're a Stanley Cup hopeful, which the Oilers entered the season as a commanding one, I I just, I got a hold because I was so invested, but I don't want to buy anymore. Well, this is why you own a house and I live in a condo. (laughs) 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 Because I'm spending, spending, spending. Okay, Calgary. Hmm. I'm not spending any money with Calgary. I'm holding. I'm being patient because they're hoarding UFAs right now. And it's like, what are you going to do with those UFAs? Are you going to sign them or are you going to trade them? I need to know what your decision is because that's going to change how I evaluate your franchise. They've got like a little collection of UFAs that no one's talking about. Uh, They had Dustin Nickel, Dusty Nickel the other day as their e-bug. Dusty Nickel, what a handle. And they had puppies in the locker room today, so the vibe is good. But other than that, I don't know how to read the Calgary Flames, and so I am holding on my not many purchase stocks. I'm going to prepare to sell because they're a point out of the wild card, which Mm -hmm. means they can hang around for a bit. But I do think, uh, you know, what will prevail is logic. (laughs) <laughs> and I think this team does have to sell. So before they sell, I will try to sell my shares. But I'm going to hold on because I think there's enough belief if you're just one point out of a wild card spot. Was that the first time we agreed on holding? I got a strategic sell. That's how I'm putting it. Oh, but the, that's, I don't want to that agree wasn't on an option. I'm selling. Okay. That's, that's what it is. Winnipeg Jets. They don't occupy much in my wavelength of thinking. I think they should. They should. They're 12-7-2. They're actually in a pretty decent spot. They did put a lot of money into two men on their team, Hellebuck and Shifley, but they're having some trouble with their fans, clearly not really attending games much. I am going to stay on the perimeter and just hold right now. I'm putting my finance cap on, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to compare the Winnipeg Jets to a dividend. You just keep buying it. A dividend? You, no, just, just listen to me. It's just something that you keep buying, and you take out little profit. <laughs> You're never going to hit a monster home run, I don't think, on the Winnipeg Jets. I don't think they're set up to win a Stanley mm. Cup. I do look at their cap sheet, though, and there's not really any areas of major concern. I feel like there's just a team that if you keep buying low on, you're going to be rewarded for it. So I'm going to keep buying the Winnipeg Jets. Buy, 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 because the price is lower than it should be. You mentioned it, not even creating space in your brain. That's when you should buy them, because they're not at a price that is too high. Winnipeg Jets are You just did a little buy, buy, buy. Who are you, in sync? I'm getting there with Winnipeg. Okay, Ottawa Senators, I believe, would be next. Um, I believe it actually would be Toronto. Sure. They're next on my list that I've written, so I'm going to go with the Ottawa Senators. Go for it. I'm also holding. We had Frank Cervelli on last, yesterday, and he said that they are not interested in moving on from DJ Smith, right? Yeah. Like, very, very adamantly, they're not going to move their head coach. 
They have a lot of young talent. They have a lot of young stars. They're spirited. They love playing hockey. They had a very tough schedule to start, but they also haven't played enough games. They only played 17 games. So I feel like I haven't really got the full picture of the Ottawa Senators and how Daniel Alfredson's going to impact them, which is so exciting. So right now I'm just going to hold and wait to see how the next couple of weeks play out because they could go. They were my like fun sweetheart pick. I wanted them to make the playoffs. They're clearly not really close, but at this point, I'm going to hold. Yeah, we agree on this one. I'm also going to hold. Uh, this is this may be the longest, and this is just minor hyperbole, but this might be the longest leash in NHL history when it comes to the coaching position. I like, know. It just feels like they need to make that change. In my my mind, it well, seems very simple because this is a really talented group that's just not getting what it needs to get. It just it's the same story over and over over again. At least it seems. But when I look at that cap sheet, I look at the team. There's so many good contracts, so many good players that they're going to get there eventually. The only reason I'm not buying is they got a really tough division. Like Boston's not going anywhere. Tampa's not going anywhere. Toronto's not going anywhere. Detroit and Buffalo. Well, Detroit's taking a step. Buffalo, maybe not so much. I just feel like it's so competitive that I'm not ready to like invest more. I'll just keep it where it is. Okay, we got two teams left. Um, I think we're going to be aligned with this next one, the Toronto Maple Leafs. I'm selling. Really? I am. We're not, we're not, I'm tempted to, but wow. I really hope. Why are you selling? They have five regulation wins, Justin. They are, what the kids are saying, mid. They have lineup chaos. They have nobody playing defense. Like, we might be next in line, called up from the fan pregame beer league team. But I do believe, like, I got really excited about this Maple Leafs team. I obviously picked them to win the Stanley Cup. Right now, it, it's, they're not on the trajectory. Is their coach on the hot seat or not? We don't really know. The division itself is just so good. That was my my goal early on. Okay, buy this team because they're going to win the like the division. That was the goal. They're not close to winning the division. The division has exceeded them. So right now, I'm selling a little bit. So they're 11-6-3. They have five regulation wins. We did the pregame and postgame last night for um, the Leafs, and I just I don't feel so inspired. Uh, I'm holding. I'm tempted to sell, as I mentioned. But we're in one of those cycles right now where things seem to be getting stale. But the thing with the Leafs is they have not made that major move yet. They haven't fired the coach. They haven't made a trade. Mm. I still feel like that's an option available to them. And there's so much time. We know this team is really good. We know that they might have to do something to make sure they get the most out of it. They haven't done it yet. Until they do it, I'm not going to give up on the potential. Okay, last one, uh, Montreal Canadiens, who are on our network later. Uh, so you should definitely watch them either. You're selling, buying, or holding. Uh, they're playing the Columbus Blue Jackets at 7 o'clock on Wednesday night hockey. I'm selling. I didn't really have much to sell, um, considering that they were supposed to be one of the worst teams in the NHL. I will say that Caulfield and Suzuki finding their own this year has been a nice glimmer of hope. Uh, 17 points each to start the season, but I, I, you know, maybe next year I'll buy when they got first round pick or I'm, first overall. Maybe <laughs> I'm selling because they are the victims of organic improvement to me. Because you can't be bad for so long, and when they were bad, they didn't get the assets they needed to be really good. Suzuki, Caulfield, Doc, mm-hmm. Jack, guy, they feel like. They're going to be good, not great. And I think it's going to take like an exceptional management job for them to get to that point because they weren't handed the keys. So I'm selling on Montreal. Okay, so a lot of money moving around here. <laughs> Let's break it all down with Mike Kelly, who's joining us, of course, from NHL Network. Uh, Mike, how are you? You want to talk some money with us or what? Let's do it. Let's. Uh, I'm going to blow all of this fake money that I have at my disposal right now. <laughs> okay, you get to throw some money into one of our stocks, one of our Canadian teams. Who are you putting the credit card down on first? Uh, give me Edmonton. 
uh, Edmonton, if I could uh, go out and buy a stock right now, if I think a team's really going to be a lot better than where they're currently at, it's the Oilers. Um, I think goaltending has sunk them for a great number of, uh, well, for a couple of years, but for a great number of games this year as well. This team offensively has been generating a ton all year and not getting results for it. Well, the last three games, they've scored 18 goals. That's starting to happen now. Um, they're going to have to outscore their problems and they do have problems and they did it last night against Vegas. Perfect example where they're up four two, give up two late goals, outscore their problems. Um, but this team to me can go on a run. They can compensate for that defense that hasn't been great at times, although it's not as bad to me as I think most people think and the goaltending, which really hasn't been great at all. Um, but that's the Canadian team. I think that is really going to blow past where they're at right now. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, there have been things that we can only surmise or, uh, you know, speculate over in terms of the McDavid injury and and how bad things actually were. But if McDavid's playing the way he has for the last five, six nights, I mean, anything really seems possible with this Oilers team. So when you're looking at the other six Canadian teams... Who are you pulling the plug on? Like who who's in a who's in a spot right now where you're either a non-believer or they should be even rethinking their process here? Uh, th- those are two pretty harsh ones. I don't know if there's a Canadian team that fits that bill of like this is a fraud and they're <laughs> gonna fall off a cliff. Um, of the of the seven teams, the one team that I would sell high on right now, not because I don't think it's a good company that won't you know uh, <laughs> keep its profits up, but yeah. Um, I just think they're overshooting it is Vancouver. Mm. So I would sell on Vancouver. I mean, this this is a team that I think is good. Great shot to be third spot in the Pacific Division. I don't see them at all in the same category as Vegas or LA, but that's fine. Those are two teams to me that are legit Stanley Cup contenders. Vancouver could be in that three spot, if not certainly a wild card spot. I think they're a playoff team. Um, they've got great goaltending. Their defensive play is pretty good. Uh, I've said this for a little while. We've started to see it come true a little bit, but the the offense is going to come down a bit, not to an alarming rate where they can't win. But I mean, this team is is Quinn Hughes is on pace for you know 118 points, I think, and and Miller more than that, and it's going to come back a little bit. It's okay; they're still good. I'm just selling high because I want to make a little bit of money right now. Yeah, and you definitely have. Uh, Vancouver was the team. Uh, if you were in on early, you could make uh, some money. And on. I was not. I didn't want that stock yeah. at all. I didn't think they'd be a playoff <laughs> team. So shows you what I know. Uh, so looking around the other five teams, uh, I guess a hold would be a team you, you want to be patient with. Uh, there are teams in different spots. Clearly Winnipeg and Montreal are in way different positions. But in terms of patience and, hey, this is going to get there. Looking at the other five Canadian teams, who you got? I guess give me Calgary in that vein. Like, I, I think the Flames are better than what they're showing, but I still don't think they're great. And I've always been high on Calgary. I thought they'd be top three in the Pacific this year with a chance to to contend for even top spot. Um, but I was high on them last year too. And uh, so I, I'm hanging on to that stock longer than I should. I already know that. Um, but I still think there's something a little more there. It's going to be interesting though, because if they're not in a great spot, as you, we get close to the deadline, like those UFAs are probably going, right? Mm-hmm. So um, that's going to be an interesting one, but it, they're a team to me that could go on a, on a nice run here and, and win games and certainly be better than they've been to this point this season. Okay. We're going to hire you for my financial advisor after the show. I'll send you uh, no, you don't want that, but it's too late. <laughs> I'm taking any advice possible. Um, all right. Well, we have, you we'll ask a little bit about um, some of the NHL action over the last couple of days, Detroit and Patrick Kane. 
Um, I guess it'll be a good fit. But for the numbers-wise, why is he going to make an impact on... Why was that the best fit for Patrick Kane himself? Well, I think that's important, but I also think just as important is why was it a good fit for the Detroit Red Wings? Mm -hmm. Because this, to me... I said it last year when the Rangers signed him. Like, this is a great player. Of course you want him. But they had already got Tarasenko, and they already had Panarin. Three players in their top six were great offensive players with next to no defensive impact. That's hard in the playoffs uh, to overcome, I think. Detroit, they've got a lot of players that play both sides of the puck really well. So I think he fits there really nice because Patrick Kane... We don't know what he's going to be at this point after this surgery. We don't know what the age and the time off. It's impossible to tell. Let's say hypothetically, he's somewhere in between the 92-point season from a few years ago and where he was hurt last year. Still very good, but he's kind of somewhere in there where he's a great offensive player still, right? Um, he, he doesn't impact the game much, if anything, defensively. Forecheck, puck recovery, those kind of things. That's not his game. It's not even a knock on him. It's just a fact. You need other guys that can do that and play with them. Detroit's got those guys. So I think it's a great fit for him because he can just go and do his thing. Like to me, you could even start him on a third line, put Perron on his on the other wing, who's a right shot and is offside. They can play give and go. And then if Kane kind of gets better and gets rolling or whatever, and you want to give him big minutes, he can go with Debrinket. Um, so I think there's a lot of positives to it. Oh, we're chatting with Mike Kelly, NHL Network analytics analyst. Uh, the uh, regulation wins isn't a analytic, uh, but it is a damning stat. I think if we're looking at the, the Toronto Maple Leafs, so few wins in regulation. Uh, does that does that speak volumes about where the Maple Leafs are at? Yeah, I think it does. Um, you guys use the word mid, right? Is that what the the kids yeah, are saying? We're, we're saying. trying. I'm we're, too old. We're clinging to it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too old to know that, and my kids are too young to be saying it, so I just got to trust you. <laughs> um, that's that's what Toronto is to me. I mean, they're 16th in goal differential. They're 16th in expected goal differential. That's right in the middle of the league, and the record is better than that, right? So um, you bring up the regulation wins. Yeah, they're not going out and running teams over and, and um, playing as well in the regular season as we've seen them in years past. I don't think the team's as good as it's been in years past. So they're kind of you know, third spot in the Atlantic or a wild card spot, probably really tough to to get a win in, in the first round. It's probably, in my view, where they're at right now. The the decor, like Giordano's going to miss the next game, right? And that's tough. Lilligren's already out. Klingberg wasn't great when he was there, but he's gone. Um, Samsonov has not been good at all this year. Joseph Wall, to me, like Demko's been the best goalie in the league this year. You could put Joseph Wall right after him. Um, so there's a lot of like really good, Really not good, and then mushy middle. That's that's kind of where I see them at. There you go, mushy middle. The return of the mushy middle. Ernie Johnson uh, knows. Um, <laughs> let's let's go to Montreal because Montreal is on Sportsnet tonight, uh, Wednesday night hockey, uh, facing the Columbus Blue Jackets. Oh, I was selling on Montreal because I think their bad window, the area of time where they got to recoup assets, well, it didn't yield all that much. And Uri Slavkovsky, obviously front and center to that discussion. Is there any sign that he's going to be something closer than them, what they envisioned? Or is this still a situation where the tires are spinning? Look, that, that's an excellent question. Um, I, what did they envision him being, right? Because he's, he's the number one pick. And with that comes a lot of expectation. You know, so was Connor Bedard and Sidney Crosby. I don't think anyone's thinking that's what we're talking about here. Um, I, I've watched games of his this year where I've, I've seen, I think, what they want him to be at times, which is using his size. Like, the guy's got big-time man strength for a young player, 
um, getting to the inside and, and just being a presence on the ice, whether he's scoring a goal or setting one up or just getting to pucks and, and being physical. Um, you, I think you can see it, what they want. And then it's just consistency. How can you do it every game? And then can you do it every shift? Uh, that's what we haven't seen. And that's, that's a battle with a lot of young players. And you talk to a lot of young players in the league, regardless of their skill level, um, they can be generational players as well. They'll, they'll tell you that doing it every night is the hardest thing. Um, playing to your capability every night. So that's that's kind of what it is with him. And he's still young. Uh, I think you could, you know, wonder whether having him up full-time last year, you know, in hindsight was the right move. Easy to do in hindsight, of course. Um, but he's still young. And, like, we're watching what's happening with Alexi Lafreniere is having a great start to the season. Mm-hmm. This guy had the B word thrown at him for a couple of years, right, as, as a number one pick. Um, he's starting to find it, and he's still young. Quinton Byfield, same thing, still young. This guy's even younger, so I, I don't think we can really judge or assess too harshly until we've seen a few more years of him. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, they got a lot of young talent. It's fun to watch for that reason, maybe alone. Uh, we appreciate mm. your time tonight, Mike. We, uh, I feel like I'm financially set for the rest of my life, so thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I do what I can. Yeah, thanks, yeah, Rob. Perfect. <laughs> thanks, Mike. Appreciate your time. Uh, Mike Kelly of NHL Network. Of course, uh, we went through some of the uh, ups and downs of this stock market of the Canadian seven teams. Um, I get your point about Vancouver, but I don't know. I just got so excited out. You know, when you see a sale, it's like Black Friday. You're you think you're, you're saving money, but you're not investor. really saving money, but you're yeah. excited because it says, you know, 20% off. But really, when you pull the card, it's the same price. Anyway, I just, so I kind of yeah. gave Vancouver some more money, but I'm good with it. Hey, it, it might pay off, though. I mean, we talked about Thanksgiving. Everything's set after Thanksgiving. Well, we know where the Vancouver Canucks are. If you own it, maybe it'll pay off. We'll do this uh, at the halfway mark. How about that? Check our stocks, see where we're at. We're going to have to see how much money you have left. How many mushy middles were said during the fan pregame today? Over under seven and a half. Over under one or 0.5 from Ernie on TNT. Yeah. I'm taking it. If he says mushy middle, it might make my life. month life. Okay. Well, that's bold. <laughs> okay. Let's take a break. We'll be back on Sports at 590 The Fan with Smith and Jones to tee up tonight's game, Suns and Raptors. That's next.